Kedovji. Welcome back to Two Nobodies, everyone. Rupesh is back with you again. I'm really, really curious about this topic. It's really hot in the news these days. We, I feel like we all should be caring about it. Artificial intelligence and whether it's safe and what are the concerns should be, what are the future impacts, what are the current impacts. And so I have a really great guest for us all. He's the founder and executive director of Artificial Intelligence Governance and Safety, AIGS. Wyatt Sari Lallier. Wyatt, welcome to Tunobodies. Appreciate you having you on an evening. I'm sure you've had a really long day and now you're stuck with me for the next 90 minutes. So thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. So it's a wonderful way to attend the day. Awesome. Artificial intelligence, AI, this is like a really hot topic. Like everyone, you know, you hear all the tech companies saying we got to do something about that. Uh, governments, I'm not sure how far ahead we are. You know, I actually, you've kind of enlightened me through some of your work that the government of Canada is has this pan-Canadian framework, perhaps, that's doing something. But it seems like it's all kind of buried. But I, I'm kind of wondering, especially with the big tech companies, when they ask for AI safety and that they they feel like something should be done, I just don't know if I buy it. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, how? why, what's the role of big tech in AI safety? Uh, it's it's a uh, complicated one. Um, mm. So I'll start with with the with the good news, which is that the the labs that are pushing the cutting edge of AI right now, so especially mm. OpenAI, um, Google DeepMind, uh, Anthropic, which is now allied with Amazon, uh, they are they have very strong AI safety teams, and the people who are working on the safety aspects of AI are genuinely concerned. Um, and so when when the when you hear them, these labs call for um, coordination on AI safety regulations, um, and, and that we should take this issue seriously. Um, that's not coming. That's coming from a genuine place, mm. um, because the thing is, they realize that they're they're caught in a dynamic where if they slow down, somebody else will race ahead. So they realize if they want to slow down and do the right thing, they have to get some kind of greater authority to impose some kind of um, um, yeah, some some kind of you know um, um, either pause or regulation or some kind of coordination mechanism so that they can all. Um, not be forced to race ahead. Yeah, because I imagine otherwise they're all just going to compete with each other and there's going to be this AI race, which I imagine is currently in place. Exactly, yes. And and this is, uh, I guess, the, the bad news of, <laughs> of how big tech is, is shaping the AI safety situation is that, um, I mean, there's, there's the old saying, you know, you stand where you sit, um, and they are in a position where all their incentives are to double down on being the first to deploy and develop uh, the the best, most capable AI. So they are causing the race at the same time that they're calling for it uh, to be curtailed. Um, so, um, and, and, and because it is so exciting, you know, being at the cutting edge of AI research, you know, the, the, the engineers who are building, especially the systems that get closer and closer to human levels of AI, um, you can, depending on who you talk to, you can sense a kind of just giddy excitement and um, uh, like, there's a lot of basically the, the, the the ideal world in my mind would be that you know they'd all be, be be operating on the on the emotions of like you know wisdom and and precaution mm -hmm. and being you know a, yeah. a responsibility for the greater society, but I think a lot of it is just you know let's build it first because this is cool and and, and we can't mm -hmm. we don't want to you know miss out. Um, so um, yeah, so there there's a lot of uh, conflicting um, strengths forces within these companies, um, and um, I do think they're 
on the whole, if you ask any of them, you know, do, do they want a positive outcome for humanity, they'll all say yes and they'll mean it. Um, but the, the, they're in an economic and um, a geopolitical environment where if, yeah, if they slow down, um, then they miss out uh, or they get left behind. So, Is there actually a business model for them? Like if, if this moves to human generated AI or like the highest levels, like is there, is there actually a good business case for them to, to move in that direction? Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see what happens in practice. But in theory, yeah, yeah I mean, so, so um, uh, AGI, which is artificial general intelligence, which is the, the term people throw around to talk about um, AI, human level AI, so systems that can do everything that human being can do, at least in okay. the economy. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, if, if in theory, if you're the company that builds that first um, and you can um, basically service out your system, basically rent out your system to everybody to mm -hmm. do everybody's job. Um, so if um, you could, I mean, essentially you could um, dominate the world economy, uh, mm -hmm. at least on paper, just through that, the ability of to, to um, outcompete all of your, all of your competitors. Because the thing is, one of the really interesting and scary things about that level of AI is that um, you can use AGI systems to build even smarter AGI systems and then use those systems to build even smarter mm -hmm. ones. So you may start with a roughly human level system. Um, but within a relatively short period of time, you're at, you know, 5,000, 50,000 times human intelligence. And at that point, like the, the um, if you're the company that has that system or you're the nation that has that system and the others don't, um, not only do you, you know, patent all future inventions or, you know, win the war, but it's, it's, it's a, like, it's a very, it's just a, a disorientingly different economy and geopolitical balance of power. Um, and so there's, there's a, uh, and we'll see what actually happens in practice, but um, yeah. there is a, 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 I mean, trillions upon trillions of dollars to be made, even in the more mundane scenarios with AI. So yeah, there's, there's a very strong incentive to be first. Is How do you even, from a government standpoint, like this is a global thing. So, I mean, governments don't coordinate very well on global issues all the time. So how, how does, how does this work? Like, is it, does, is there a certain government that kind of has to lead the way or, um, like big tech is calling for for a regulatory framework or regulations or whatever it might be, but even if it's just in the United States, is that is that good enough? Or I imagine there has to be some sort of concerted global effort on this, right? Yeah, it, it's it's going to require uh, like regardless of the path you choose uh, with with AGI, and there's roughly two of them. One which is these systems are too dangerous; we need to like ban them, stop them, whatever mm -hmm. we do to just basically make sure they never get built. Um, mm -hmm. Or you go the uh, let's build it, but we have to build it right, so so the safety issues don't don't uh, um, destroy us. Um, so in either case, it's going to require unprecedented global co uh, collaboration. Um, and I uh, and I'm keenly aware of just how hard that is, especially in an era of increasing geopolitical tensions with with mm -hmm. uh, you know, east and west. Mm -hmm. I, I um, but it's it's uh, I mean the good news is we're all in this together. It's not in. Uh, China's interest or in Russia's interest or United States' interest to have um, um, very powerful systems that can be misused by you know, terrorist mm. groups or just by the fact that they're so capable if they're poorly designed or if they're if they break down in some way um, the the um, yeah the, the systems I mean really could uh, they, they are humanity's number one existential risk in terms of yeah. it being able having the ability if things go wrong, badly enough um, to to wipe us wipe everybody out basically is there any um is there any focus right now from any like is there any focus on this on a global issue like serious focus on this right now or 
It's happening very, very quickly. So, so okay. when I started in this field full time uh, a year and a half ago, this was before ChatGPT, even before mm -hmm. like Delhi. Um, the it was still like you mentioned the word AGI, and like you were considered like in that case, it wasn't going to happen for another 20, 30 years. Mm. Um, and then people saw just how fast things are moving, and like, wait a minute, we don't know when AGI could be built, and it could actually be quite soon. Mm. Then, so so there's a like on the it was not at all in the global agenda until relatively recently, like talking in the last few months or a year at okay. most. Yeah. Um, th there was there were like the EU AI Act was in place for was was being developed for the earlier versions of AI, which were already pretty disruptive. But um, like the future stuff, um, like the world's first global summit on AI safety is happening in November um, in, in the UK. Okay. And uh, to give you a sense of just how new this is going, like, um, um, and um, so, yeah, there, there is a, a growing uh, um, uh, group of world leaders that care about this issue. And uh, like, for example, China is sending a, a delegation to the UK mm -hmm. safety summit. The White House has been making some pretty big moves on it. Uh, yeah. UK, US are probably at the forefront. Um, Canada used to be towards the front, but then we um, took the pedal off the gas and we're now a little bit behind. But mm. there, there is a, yeah, it, it's, it's starting to percolate. Um, the question is, can, can it percolate fast enough to, for the world to, to take action fast enough to avoid the worst uh, harms? So. You're saying how, you know, there's a consequence in here for, for everyone, but do our world leaders seeing it that way, do you think? Or because um, I mean, there's obviously other global issues, but not everyone kind of sees it the same way, which are existential threats. So, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of, you know, we 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 we'd like to think that everyone sees it the same way, but I don't know if that would be the case. No. So I I, mean, I would say, well, the problem is right now probably only about five percent of people have been introduced the topic enough to understand roughly mm -hmm. what's going on. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, if, if you're a politician and you're looking at poll numbers, I mean, the top 20 issues in people's minds right now, none of them are AI, or at least maybe the AI and jobs piece, um, yeah. but it, the, 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 uh, like the major safety risks um, are just not in people's minds. And it's a little bit like, you know, pandemics pre-COVID. Mm. Um, sure, everyone kind of knows you have to work on it, but really it hasn't happened in decades and, you, mm. know, you know, nobody. So um, it's, it's an uphill battle to get um, people to, to, to act on it. I do think that said that, that um, like climate change and COVID have really shown the world, no, look, this is what happens if you don't act. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, I think we're, 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 we're uh, like at red stage with, with AI and AGI that is kind of like, you know, you can see the, the first cases breaking out, breaking out in the city on the other side of the world and like it's a ticking time bomb to be free for it. You know? mm. um, and I think that there, there is a, th those who get it really get it and are very like, are pushing very, very hard. Um, and I think that, that from what I've seen, um, the, uh, like as I mentioned, just being able to talk openly about where AI is headed, human levels of AI, the risks around that, uh, has gone from a fringe issue to a mainstream. You have like top AI scientists saying, "No, oh, this is a thing we need to work on right now." So, um, and that in a few months. So, it, you know, there's there's hope. <laughs> so. What's your sense of all the, you know, the world's public servants who have to advise all their political masters on this kind of topic, like the capacity and knowledge on this topic, like? All right. Do you think it's people are are definitely playing catch up? Are they are we way far behind from 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 an advisory standpoint? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. Well, yes. I guess the the the, the short story is yeah. We, we we're there are very few people, uh, whether it be in politics, in government, um, uh, to a lesser extent, even in business, 
um, and, and certainly civil society that, that are aware of just how big an issue this is and how fast it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, like part of what we do at AIGS is, is really is go and talk to everybody and, and, and you know, and, and explain, okay, this is, the, this is the scale of the problem. Uh, mm-hmm. These are the kinds of th- the options we have right now in terms of policy tools. Uh, and um, yeah, and really, you know, uh, educating and, and, and um, uh, calling to action on, on key pieces. But yeah, we don't, uh, I mean, the challenge is like the, there are probably only a few hundred people right now at the cutting edge of building these frontier models like GPT-4 and, and upcoming Google Gemini. Mm. And um, the it's almost impossible for governments to poach those people to work in government and to advise government because mm. the salaries are extra, you know, phenomenal. Sure. And, and also yeah. just, uh, I mean, going back to the, the giddiness of being the first to build AGI systems, mm. Like yeah. who wants to work in a government regulatory office sure. when, you know, yeah. when, when yeah, you can be yeah, the person yeah. building squash you know, so, that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah. you'd have to, I mean, have the like, um, unpalatable, you know, uh, mm-hmm. HR resources to do that. Um, and it, arguably, it's worth doing it, but um, it's it's uh, it's an uphill battle. Um, yeah. You said, you mentioned Google Gemini. I actually don't know anything about what the heck Google Gemini is. So it's it's a new model, uh, another large model. Uh, the Interesting and and uh, concerning thing about Google Gemini is that it combines uh, GPT-4, which is basically a, a very big model that predicts the next word, um, with the AlphaGo capabilities. So I'm not sure if you remember in like 2016, there's a famous case where the the AlphaGo beat the best Go player in the world. Um, okay. It's a very highly complex game, and the 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 decision tree structures that it was using was basically the the system would. Um, chart ahead a few a few moves, see what was the best, and and choose the best path. Mm. So it's combining that ability to chart it, to try out a bunch of options and then choose the best path with uh, GPT four's uh, general knowledge of the world. So instead of GPT four just guessing the first thing that comes out of its mind, it's able to try out five, you know five or ten or a thousand mm-hmm. answers and then choose the best one. So a lot of the uh, like a lot of the key weaknesses right now with GPT four could be solved with Google Gemini, uh, which uh, is a coming out, uh, they say in December uh, this year, uh, it could be earlier or later, but so uh, yeah, it, it's a, it could be another, there's the potential for another major cap- capability jump uh, of the scale of ChatGPT uh, with, with Google Gemini. So what would that mean just for the everyday users? So like they, people who are using ChatGPT, will there be this other sort of platform to do similar kind of things as ChatGPT and just more advanced or? Of what I understand, they're gonna uh, nobody's seen the, the actual interface, but it'll be yeah. a similar idea where it's either a chatbot or like image based or um, mm-hmm. um, I mean, all of these tools are getting more and more conversational. Like a, a, a ChatGPT actually, um, they have a new uh, module where you can talk to ChatGPT and and, and upload the images to it, and it'll mm-hmm. uh, respond to you. So um, the the uh, but yeah, so basically it, it's um, an even better. Um, uh, at this point, I'm assuming chatbots, but um, yeah. it's multimodal, so it'll, it'll take images and, and possibly video as well. So yeah, uh, AIGS. How? What is AIGS about? When did you folks get started? Tell us a bit about that story. Sure. So we're um, a basically a bunch of people across Canada who uh, were reading up about where AI is headed and very concerned. And, and so we started with the question: So what can we do in Canada and from Canada to ensure positive AI outcomes? And that uh, started off as just a community of people online uh, on a, um, mm. a Slack server discussion forum. And uh, then in, in April of this year, we incorporated into an offer profit. And our, our goal is really to be, to fill the gap in knowledge um, uh, between, with um, 
both with the general public and also do like active advocacy with the government to try to mm. explain to politicians, look, this is what's coming down the line. These are the best available policy options right now. And, and this is the timeline you have to work on if you want to stop, you know, the, the, the worst uh, risks. So mm. it's, it's a lot of, uh, yeah, um, old fashioned democracy <laughs> trying to get to yeah, yeah. the system to work and to respond to, to this, this new issue. So, yeah. Uh, and are you getting any traction with the government? Like, or do you feel like they're hearing you what? out and... I, I yes, I mean it's obviously not just us. Uh, we were immensely helped by the the two letters that came out this year. So the FLI letter on the pause for AI, which opened the discussion on AI risks um, from large models, and then the follow up letter in uh, statement in June, the the um, ex- uh, the Center for AI Safety uh, mm. statement on on AI being an extent, that, yeah. extinction risk. Yeah, yeah. Um, that um, I mean those are you know the world's many of the world's um, most respected scientists. Um, many of whom are, have nothing to do with the big tech, um, mm-hmm. who are saying, no, this is this is an actual risk. You know, if these systems fail, they could fail badly enough to not only kill yeah. a few people, but possibly um, end everything. Um, and um, so that that, uh, that made, you know, that gave, you know, we were not, you know, we're not a bunch of PhDs, we're not a bunch of scientists, we're a bunch yeah. of you know, citizens. So yeah. that, that, uh, that really helped us in terms of making the case. But then um, once they've made those statements, then there's all the hard work of like, you know, building relationships with um, decision makers and stakeholders, and mm-hmm. and um, and making sure that the right people have the right information at the right time, and so they um, they can do things like pass effective laws or um, take action on the global stage, uh, or engage the public in, in in really effective ways. Is this topic in your wheelhouse? Like, is this an expertise of yours, or how did you kind of, yeah, yeah. Well, how did you fall into this? Um, it's, it's a long story. So I, I, I mean, originally I'm trained as a mechanical engineer. That's, that's my, my degree. Um, but I ended up in the relatively quickly in the climate change movement uh, because mm. I, I, I've always been interested in global affairs and in public and and, and uh, at the at the time, like 2010, I was looking around and, and the, to me, it was obvious the biggest issue was climate change. And so yeah. and it was had, so I, so I, I got involved um, actually with the Green Party and and. and uh, mm. Um, campaign my heart out, you know, try, trying to trying to mm. push the political conversation on climate change. Good for you, yeah. Um, and I mean, well, I'm not sure what I got accomplished, but it was certainly uh, it was you know um, I was fight, fighting the good fight, whatever. You know. mm. um, but then in 2015, I came across um, first of all this book called Global Catastrophic Risks, um, and it was basically exactly what you know, it was just a catalog of you know, um, alongside climate change, you have all these other risks. <laughs> so, so, and <laughs> uh, there there's a chapter there on AI uh, that. Um, uh, really resonated right off the bat. Like I realized, no, this is actually, I mean, from what I learned in basic coding and engineering and from mm-hmm. when I, the way I understood machines worked, I was like, no, this is a, this is like a potential dynamite issue. And yeah. so I did a bunch more reading and then that turned into a personal journey where I spent four years researching and writing about uh, like 21st century trends, basically taking a step back from climate change and saying, okay, so what else are the major trends? What are the other major trends of the century? What's yeah. uh, like what if what I'm missing out on, and and in the grand scheme of things, what should we be focused on? So, partly from a political standpoint of like, if I get back into politics, what should I be campaigning for, and why? So mm-hmm. doing my, my homework basically, mm-hmm. and so that's uh, four years of of uh, turned into a short book uh, called A Path Forward: The Century, which was uh, a look at all those trends, and and it really came down to the conclusion that yeah, AI is, and specifically human level AI and beyond, mm-hmm. is really the the biggest. Um, uh, opportunity and risk we face um, and um, it's the kind of thing where if you get smarter than human AI right you can use it to solve so many of the other problems um, yeah. if you get it wrong then it's game over 
Um, yeah. And um, either way, all of our lives are going to be dramatically impacted by these systems just because you know, when you get to the point of being able to automate all work, suddenly that's a very different lifestyle, right? You know, what happens yeah. to the K to 12 plus college education system? You know, what happens to the mm -hmm. 95, you know, <laughs> job lifestyle? All 100%. these things, like these major things yeah. that they for granted are, are just um, upturned on. So, so it, it, it was, um, yeah, so, yeah. 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 Uh, just want to ask you about politics. You said you ran for the Green Party. Um, how are you feeling about the Green Party these days? Um, well, I mean, I, I left the party in 2015, um, mostly for, I mean, for philosophical reasons, as I mentioned, like I, I joined the party because of climate change. And mm -hmm. when I realized that, that, you know, that wasn't the answer the world needed at this point. I mean, granted, we, st we still need to work on climate change. But yes. uh, in the sense that it, they, they, like if you're, if you're going to... Um, get involved in a small party, you have to really genuinely believe that they're the one, <laughs> they, they have the answer because yeah, they have yeah. to put up a whole bunch of stuff that, that the larger parties don't have to. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I, I lost my my, uh, my uh, true believer status of, of, mm. as Green. Um, but and, and since then, I haven't joined any parties. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, yeah. um, um, not apolitical, but I'm um, uh, apartisan. Just not a card-carrying yeah. member sort of thing. Exactly, yes, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I've yeah. been to all the political party conventions in the last uh, uh, year or so as part of my work with AIGS to figure yeah. out where people's thinking are is that on AI? So yeah, is any political party talking about AI? I mean, I mean, to be fair to them, as with the rest of the general population and even most of governments, um, yep. like nobody is like this is such a brand new issue, um, sure. and is also yeah. uh, like unintuitive and like it's it's you know you know you can't really AI isn't tangible. It's not something you can touch mm -hmm. and like okay, this is you know. Um, and uh, it inf impacts people's lives in very mm -hmm. indirect and, and confusing ways, and so it's, it's yeah. um, um, I mean, there is a lot of genuine fear around AI. Like the the polls, mm. uh, like there's recent polls in the U.S. where, yeah, like most people are like there's 82 percent I think people want to slow down AI progress versus speeding it up, uh, mm. and um, there's a sense of like yeah, this is people can sense that like, you know, there's just the, the shock of ChatGPT seeing an AI system produce more intelligent text than most people can write. Mm -hmm. um, that like was a real wake up call. Like wait a minute, no, these you know these systems are getting really good. Mm -hmm. And um, sure, plenty of stuff I still can't do. You know, we're still at very low unemployment. But I think the the um, going back to the political parties. I mean, they're all everybody's figuring out what to do right now. Um, and yeah. they're all I can say they were as of the last conference I went to um, in um, in the spring. Um, everyone is equally uh, <laughs> uninformed, I guess. So I mean, people when when you explain to the issue, they all respond. You know, um, uh, with with interest and, and concern. And and uh, yeah. The interesting piece is like this, it's not a left-right divide because a lot of the natural issues of the right and of the left are impacted by AI as well equally. So mm -hmm. if you care about you know wealth concentration and inequality, you know AI and, and, and the concentration of power in the tech industry is a huge deal and, mm -hmm. and you know big in radar. If you care about you know privacy or national security or public safety, bread and butter conservative issues, you also yeah. care a lot, a lot about AI. So it's it's a yeah. uh, um, we've seen it in in the U.S. There's been like a nonpartisan US, a Senate bill came forward recently, and it's it's a uh, also appears to be a a, a uh, like um, a globally uh, shared concern as well. Even like the, the Chinese are, are they have some of the strictest AI laws out there because mm -hmm. they're I mean they don't want AI systems they can't control. <laughs> they're they're, mm -hmm. they're even more concerned about you know uh, yeah. producing hallucinations. So um, yeah, uh, it's it's uh, there is a. A real potential for it to be a cross-partisan issue. Um, I mean, politics is politics, and it could become a partisan issue. But I, I'm hoping, and and one of the things we're working really hard on and doing is making sure that everybody realizes whatever pet issues they care about, AI is going to disrupt it. Um, and they, mm -hmm. yeah, so.
I, do you know if AI is being used in like misinformation campaigns? Cause I could see like politicians benefiting from things like that, right? Like uh, obviously they would be concerned about those things that you just talked about, those other impacts, which are maybe much greater than that. But I could see also some people really maybe leveraging this thing in a malicious way too. Well, and, and uh, you know, Vladimir Putin uh, leveraged earlier mm-hmm. versions of AI in his uh, Brexit and, and uh, US presidential mm-hmm. campaign uh, mm-hmm. interferences. Uh, for sure. I mean, and, and um, it's uh, because it is all electronic, it's harder to track. It's harder to, you know, who, yeah. who's saying where did the words yeah. come from? Um, and um, yeah, my, 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 it's still relatively early in the game. So I don't, there aren't that many players who are harnessing it that strongly. Um, or at least they'll be harnessing like ChatGPT, but in, in relatively benign ways, like being able yeah. to write their campaign speech faster or uh, write more emails or. Um, I mean, maybe, you know, mass personalize uh, an email campaign for on a particular issue, but um, it's, uh, um, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, AI can be misused and, and is already being misused, especially in, in cybercrime. Uh, so, yeah. Where, what level of technology are we at with AI? So like maybe walk folks through, like you talked about sort of the human level capabilities, AGI, um, but like there are, there were, there are, I guess, currently and before different levels of AI. So maybe help pe- folks understand that. Sure. Well, so, so if you think of uh, AI capabilities, it's kind of like it's, it's the it's the traditional like hockey stick where it starts out really slowly, then goes you know almost straight up. Mm. The for uh, AI work officially started in the 1950s, uh, at, and and uh, initially it was just you know basically randomly trying stuff out, um, and they got some very mostly just foundational science um, concepts, theories, but no practical applications. Mm. And it wasn't until about 2010, which is when you started getting Siri and, and your Netflix and your various... And that's not know, even that long ago. like, which right? is, like Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so like yeah. very, very flat. I mean, there was like a, a Deep Blue, with Gary Kasparov at Chess. Um, and there were a few other examples okay. like that where it was... Um, but it was up until the 2010s, it was mostly... Like the main applications are mostly just logic decision trees. So things we, you know, mm-hmm. um, we'd manually write in what, what for it to think. Um mm-hmm. The 2010s brought in the, this wave of machine learning, um, and for the first time, yeah, you basically instead of manually telling the system what to do, you'd show it uh, like a bunch of electronic neurons, uh, uh, a million images of something, and, and label as you know a cat or a house, whatever, um, and then you you'd, then you'd ask that same system to look at the next image and say, is it a, ha- a, a cat or a house? Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- those very basic AI, like machine learning systems. Turned out to be very very useful. Everything from like um, they're again like voice recognition for for Siri or um, recommending movies that you're likely to enjoy or mm. um, um, yeah even in in, in uh, like the decisions on bail and and, and uh, translations. There's there's like a ton of very useful applications just of, of the very simple ML systems. Okay. And uh, so where we saw... where where are we seeing machine learning being used in like a malicious way? Just so people have a, a context for. How that's being used? Sure. Well, so, so the the I mean, the, if we're still talking about the first generation of machine learning, uh, the um, um, well, I mean, facial recognition is can be misused by states, for example, to you know, um, well, for example, like the Uyghurs in China. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, facial recognition used for for like um, to build an almost totalitarian type state um, and to monitor people in in all contexts. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Trying to think, and in terms of like the the, I'm sure there are quite a lot of um, um, ways in which it was used for, for, for in the past. But it the um, AI really started getting used by criminal criminals uh, with the second wave, which is roughly 2020 when GPT-3 came out uh, okay. and um, was made popular by ChatGPT, which is an improved version a little bit later. 
Um, and uh, at that point, uh, like uh, ChatGPT can uh, write code. So basically, you just type in build me a program that um, sends spam email to, you know, and, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. and it's able to just um, write the code for you. Um, and it's not perfect yet. I mean, there's still, still make some mistakes. You still, most of the time you need to have at least a, a senior engineer, human engineer to mm. make sure the code makes sense, but it's getting good enough that if you, you can use it on a mass scale, you can use it to mass personalize uh, phishing email attacks. Um, and uh, it's, it's, um, yeah, uh, it's becoming very, very um, useful for a lot of criminals to use. And also impersonation attacks. So where they, they mm. um, like with a, real, with a few seconds of somebody, a recording of somebody's voice, you can then train a system to speak like that person. So um, you can, you know, you receive a call from your brother or whatever it is, and it just so happens they sound exactly like, you know, <laughs> that person, but it's, it's actually an AI system that's talking to you. Um, and wow. so that the, um, the whole world of like deep fakes when it comes to audio or, or video um, is uh, increasingly concerning because, yeah, you can't... Uh, um, you have to start, you know, you have to, you have to stop trusting everything you're re reading or hearing, which is hard. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so we're still kind of in this machine learning stage then right now, or are we, are we, well, so we I, are I, I would, uh, the first wave, like 2010 to 2020 was like the early machine learning stage, yeah. 2020. Uh, and now we're currently in the, the general purpose AI systems, the, I mean, the, the, it's still technically machine learning, but the, 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 um, the qualities we remark the most are like the fact that it's generative AI, um, general purpose AI systems, large models, LLMs, these are the kind of terms that are being used for the current wave. Mm -hmm. And it's basically, it's, it's um, they, they took those basic small models and just trained it on all the data on the internet with enough compute uh, and a few tweaks in terms of the, the uh, transformer architecture. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it turns out these systems can, you know, say some pretty smart things uh, mm -hmm. just by, through that, that mechanism. Is there, is there any system or any one that's kind of monitoring the queries like that are going through JetGBT? So someone's like, I want to make a bomb or something like that. Like, is there, is there anything that kind of monitors or do you know? Or um, Nowhere's near to the scale that they would need to. Uh, yeah. I, and I think, that, so yeah. there's a lot of, um, they, they do like what they call fine tuning with human feedback, which so they, they take their base model, which uh, will spew out all forms of, terrible things which they learned on yeah. the internet and they train it basically to to not say those things um the problem is those those mechanisms of of uh, like uh, making the models less toxic and, and safer um are can easily be hacked by uh, uh, persistent hackers um mm. so there's for example worm gpt uh, was was developed which was a basically they took chat gpt and they removed they managed to hack away all of the safety mechanisms so now it'll okay. spew out all the hatred that you want to, to spew um, so it's, it's, um, and the other thing is, uh, as capable as these models are, you know, OpenAI is a relatively small company. Um, mm -hmm. they don't have anywhere near the ability to, um, intelligently monitor yeah. all of the, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of hits they get every day or hour, but it is, yeah. whatever it is. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's very much the wild west of AI right now. Yeah. I mean, even the big tech companies, I think like Meta has said, like they don't, they can't have, there's not enough screeners to be able to screen through every single thing, right? Like if in a company yeah. like Meta can't do it, how could open AI? Yeah, very interesting. Um, let's talk about the impacts and some of those risks, right? Like with, with yeah. you, we're starting to get into it. Like we talk about malicious use, like you, oh, by the way, I should, I should mention to folks, um, you folks have this white paper that's about to come out, which is um, 
we're going to link in, we're going to link into the comment section, but, uh, it's really cool because it really talks about, uh, the different stages of, of AI and then some of the impacts and things that we're concerned about with those different stages. So I'm looking at this, looking at this table and, uh, you know, it said since 2020, some of the concerns around disruption to creative industries, that one, when I saw that I was thinking, okay, if I'm trying to plan for like the future workforce, I'm like, okay, creativity, like that's not something that, you know, um, computer systems can do, but then all of a sudden you can go into mid journey or you can go into any of these AS software and, and get something produced, you know, and from a creative image standpoint, I don't know if you've seen some of these social media accounts where they're, they have these like social influencers that are completely AI. Like it's crazy, you know, like that would, that one stood out for me. I don't know how you feel about the disruption of creative industries, but I, I absolutely will. And, and uh, I think, um, uh, Meta just recently announced uh, they're going to make a bunch of avatars uh, in the metaverse um, that are basically powered by AI um, to uh, to the likeness of like Paris Hilton and a few others um, that'll talk to you as if you're talking to the real person. Right. Uh, and um, yeah, and, and in China, there's a whole business of like um, uh, AI generated influencers selling products. Um, it's uh, yeah, I mean it's it's, it's uh, I mean the the creative the the, the, the really difficult thing with AI is never quite sure what aspects it's going to learn next because as they scale these models up, they gain capabilities and often they're not even sure what capabilities they gain until after the fact. Sure. So um, like nobody, even in the AI industry, I mean, people, you know, five years ago were saying, oh yeah, no, creativity, that's a human thing. It will be the last thing to go because computers are all very rational. And mm-hmm. um, and then then you realize, okay, no, it's actually creativity is, <laughs> is easier than we think you know, or, or can be, you know, um, brute forced by machines. Um, so yeah, it, it's... it's um, Disruption of creative industries is, is, is a big one. I mean, the, the, they're a canary in the coal mine. Um, every industry is, you know, um, there again, when you reach human levels of AI, mm-hmm. that's the point where there's nothing left that, you know, you and I can do that the machine can't yeah. do better, faster, cheaper. So maybe yeah. there'll be laws that, that stop um, machines from doing certain roles. But I, I um, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the uh, if anything, I don't feel too sorry for the creative industries because the, like, if you enter a world where there is no more labor, and if we manage to uh, to redistribute the benefits of these systems, and uh, so nobody um, um, uh, goes without you know what they need, um, then it's a world of you know you need to entertain yourself, um, and uh, like having a passion like art is actually a huge mm-hmm. advantage over somebody whose job is far more you know mechanical or like you know building mm-hmm. a tool. Where now that's 100% the, the AI system they'll do it. Um, yeah. But yeah, all I'd say it's it's a uh, um, they're they're being hit hard right now, and and, and um, but they're yeah one of many to come. Um, yeah, and then I guess the, the other impacts of, of the large models at this point. Uh, so yeah, definitely job displacement, definitely extensive like misinformation, um, and um, there's still I mean so the the first wave uh, and the first batch of issues we saw included a lot of like uh, biased algorithms. So they train mm-hmm. their system on a bunch of old data, and surprise surprise, it's biased towards a certain genders and certain races, and you know and, and um, so there was a lot of that issue, like trying to clean up the old data and also make sure that the techniques they were using were themselves not poorly mm-hmm. designed. Um, and so all these things scale up uh, as these these um, as the capabilities scale up. Um, and mm-hmm. of course, privacy is another one where um, uh, big question mark. And then yeah, so then but the, so the, the question is then when you get beyond current models, um, which you know, maybe there'll be a few more stages of AI before we reach full AGI, uh, or maybe yeah. AGI is the next thing. We don't know. Um, uh, certainly, AI systems that can be increasingly agentic in the real world, so systems that you can task with buying you something or, um, uh, yeah, going out into the real world, 
you know, acquiring resources, using resources, uh, interacting with people in intelligent mm -hmm. ways. Um, th that is uh, among the next capabilities to come. Uh, and um, maybe that will end up being AGI. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, but when you get to yeah, the, 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 the top layer of, uh, when you get to the full levels of AI systems, mm -hmm. um, that is a, um, a major overhaul of um, human life, <laughs> basically in, in the sense of like, you know, even if they're built, the systems are built safely, even if they only do things that we want and, and never malfunction and do things you don't want, uh, which is a really hard problem to solve, by the way, technically, um, is even then, as I mentioned, like your education system, your what does a career mean if you're not getting paid anymore? Sure. Um, you're not yeah. using it anymore. Like, um, uh, like all of these like really fundamental questions around like how do you organize society? How do you live a meaningful life? Um, mm -hmm. And then, of course, with that level of technology, you can use AI systems to, you know, uh, uh, extend people's lives in terms of you know fighting off the diseases that that, that cause aging and and, and other uh, very process. So, so, and then you end up with problems like, you know, what happened, if, you know, life extension beyond, you know, 150 or more, like, um, what kind of side will, <laughs> I think there's just a lot of like, all of our base assumptions, all of the, our moral frameworks, all of the, like the, 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 the laws we have are all based on the assumption of a roughly agricultural or industrial society. Mm -hmm. um, once you reach human levels of AI and those systems get deployed, you are in another era, basically. It's like going from like hunter-gatherer to agricultural, agricultural yes. to industrial. It's, it's a new, like it is just a radically new um, way of life um, outlook. And do you see that future. as a positive? Like you see it as a new positive era? Like I, what's, yeah, how, are you, how are you feeling? Like what's your own personal take on that? Like uh, are you feeling optimistic about what that new era looks like then? I, 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 so this is actually what I wrote my book about, trying to figure out, okay, so if we, you know, should we or should we not pursue AGI or... or yeah. Uh, human augmentation uh, mm. and essentially I came down to the conclusion that you know the most important thing you know if you look at the grand scheme of things um, uh, is is you know the survival and th flourishing of life um, and then you know obviously within that hopefully homo sapiens and all the other mm -hmm. species we currently have mm -hmm. um, but there's a sense of like no species is the end of evolution um, uh, and uh, the yeah, as homo sapiens we have plenty of flaws you know we have all the you know, mm. uh, you know yeah. um and so like do, do we um um do we try to say no no we're the top of the totem pole we're the best there ever could be and so we're not going to build anything as better than us um mm. or do we accept that we're you know one chapter of a long history of life um and i i i mean i think there are a lot of worlds in which we live very happy you know uh lives um uh, but very few or almost none in which we remain the dominant form of intelligence. Um, mm -hmm. And um, there again, even if the you know these tools are well built, uh, they only do what we want and nothing that we don't that we don't want. Mm -hmm. The fact that we're going to need them to understand problems that we can't understand because they're too complicated and make decisions on our behalf, um, um, that already puts us in a state of like dependency. Um, yes. And so I think yeah. there is a like a, there's a chapter in my book called uh, Human Leadership, which is that, which is like right now, we are at the pinnacle of human leadership, whereas what we do um, impacts every other species more than what they do to themselves, pretty much. Mm. Um, and we are very much in charge of creating the future. Uh, but once we create that future and create those systems um, that are smarter than us or, or offspring that are smarter than us, we kind of have to make peace with the fact that, um, you know, as a species, you kind of you become secondary, kind of like, you know, animals are right now, you know, um, dogs and dolphins and all the rest, you know, li live good lives um, but yeah. they're not in charge. And I think that is the world we're headed into. Um, unless you want to go like 
hardcore anti-AI and spend all of your time like augmenting human beings and fighting mm-hmm. them. <laughs> like it, it becomes like yeah. the scenarios in which we don't end up on top are not um, positive scenarios uh, for the most part. Yeah. So um, yeah, I guess that's that's a. Uh, all right, that the question. You you have you have AGI at least on this table. It says like anywhere as soon as twenty twenty five, or even twenty forty. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns, right? So you don't have yep. an exact year for sure. That's not that far away, right? Like like twenty forty, even twenty fifty is not that far away, right? Um, like I don't know. I just if you were to I don't know. Let's say let's take an oil and gas worker from I'm here in Alberta, right? An oil and gas worker, right? Like. Forget about the decarbonization part. Let's just say the threats of, of AI or, or this move to AGI. Like, what does a world look like for someone like that going forward? Like, how do you, how, what's the pa- picture you paint for them, I guess? I'm putting it in a tough spot right now, but. No, it's, it's well, it's a really hard question. And, and the thing is, um, there right now, there is no um, established consensus on what is a good future for it. And, and uh, actually, so one of the things we're calling for, and it's the fifth and arguably most important um, plank of our white paper is, a, a national conversation on AI, um, and ideally mm-hmm. it'd have to be global as well, but at least start with, with uh, in Canada, yeah. we can lead the way on this, which is to yeah, basically talk about what are the possible futures with AI, and then figure out, okay, so what, what are the things that, we, that are non-negotiables for us that we absolutely want to keep for the future? Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, maybe we decide that it is jobs, and so we'll, we'll you know, relegate AI use to only very specific you know, um, areas of the economy. Um, or maybe you know, we, ha- we you know, harness AI to, um, you know, provide us with all the basic need, material needs we need um and then uh, you know um but leave us the freedom to live the lives we, we want mm-hmm. um I, I think i mean if i were to venture a guess uh the things that um we will remain in charge of are going to be things like relationships you know family um hobbies um like mm-hmm. there's there are when you think of people who are for example who are currently retired or people who mm-hmm. are so wealthy they don't have to work um that is probably the best approximation we have of like the the good scenarios for for mm-hmm. humanity, um, and then there's also going to be things. I mean, like just just another way we get, gets disorienting is like uh, virtual reality is going to get much much better. So mm-hmm. for those who want to disappear into a fantasy world, <laughs> you know, like uh, super high def, you know, so, so right. for, uh, VR, which will be so good that you won't even know you're not in the real world anymore. Yeah, um, it it uh, that that could be possible too. So there's a sense of like. You could design the world in a way in which everybody is happy and fulfilled, even if so much of what we currently have is no longer exists in terms of like jobs and yeah the usual. So, um, yeah. So basically, I, for for that person who you know, uh, for all of us, you know, as we're thinking of what we want in the future, um, you know, educate yourself, join the conversation, think through like what would be a good life to you, and then bring that to the, to the national conversation uh, with you know, help figure out how do we organize society in a way that we can yeah um empower people to live the kind of lives they want do you think we can organize ourselves so that we don't see a lot of wealth disparity because i i don't know it just seems like whatever the scenario would be like the companies who are going to be launching this kind of intelligence like maybe they're the ones who are going to benefit but that is that money going to be trickling down so that everyone benefits or or i don't know maybe maybe we don't need to use as much of our own income to be able to survive i don't know what that looks like but yeah it's a very good question uh so OpenAI, um which is actually i think they're, they're still formerly a not-for-profit and they have a clause in their uh mission or in their their charter uh, the founding charter um that um, they will beyond a certain amount of wealth they will redistribute all their gains if they build agi mm-hmm. um, and i mean it's a nice idea we'll see if it actually happens in reality 
Mm. But the, the thing is, if you have, you know, AI, if everybody has access to AGI systems and it should mm -hmm. be relatively easy because it's software and you can make a million copies of it, then like the, the, any service that you want, you can have almost for free in the same way that you mm. get email for free. Or like this. It's just, it's, it's so um, easy for those systems that, that and it's relatively low compute power that's, mm. um, so like the, in terms of like the, the, the services and even the goods, cause the, the goods can be manufactured far more efficiently. You can end up with like desktop 3D printers that can, you know, build you food or TV or whatever you yeah. need yeah. Uh, with very, you know, limited um, inputs. Uh, so we, we could absolutely end up in a world of abundance for all. And at that point, what is wealth if you have everything sure. you could ever want? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, there is a poss real possibility where you end up where it's, it's like the, you know, egalitarian utopia where everyone has, you know, there, there's no, mm -hmm. uh, no more any want. Mm -hmm. um, it could also end up in dystopia where you have whoever builds AGI first um, and, and there are also like, you know, hedge funds and other you know, non-tech companies that are pushing hard to be the first to build this stuff or militaries as well, um, uses it to, you know, dominate others, uses it to maintain control. Uh, uh, and so there's a lot of, yeah, um, like the, the trends we're seeing right now with mm -hmm. the massive um, concentration of wealth into the tech sector already, even with current levels of technology. Uh, is likely going to continue unless something major changes. So yeah. uh, this is also one of the reason why we need politics and policy, which is you know we need to figure out, okay, how do we you know um, how do we make sure that the, the benefits are shared? And, and hopefully, I'm not trying to come up come off as like pessimistic, but like there's two instinctual um, feelings or, or or traits that we all have as humans: fear and greed, right? So even in that egalitarian sort of model, like if we're all in abundance. You know, there's going to be scenarios, of course, where we naturally want to be first in line for something or, you know, just mm -hmm. those those kind of uh, those traits kind of come into play where you now force people into competition. And it's, I, again, I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but it's no, like, well, yeah. Well, so I'd say two things. One, which is absolutely our, our, our yearning for status and, you know, um, um, all the other yeah, base instincts mm -hmm. we have. Uh, we'll, and there'll, there'll be some other way of getting status, hopefully a relatively benign way. But um, so that there's that aspect. And then there's the other aspect, which is um, this more disorienting, which is, you know, you could task the AI system with you know, um, rewiring the human brain and modifying our nature um, so mm -hmm. that we don't have those base instincts. Um, you know, there there's a, you know, there are calls in some circles to for moral enhancement of, of human of Homo sapiens uh, to you know, to get rid of our you know petty jealousies and and mm -hmm. um, you know um, uh, other negative traits and make us more fit for for you know a, 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 a more peaceful future. Um, the I mean that, that that is that kind of thing becomes possible with that level of technology. And yeah, um, yeah and there's, there's, yeah, it, 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 I'm, I guess I'm segueing here and <laughs> more into the, uh, the, the biotech human enhancement side of things, which is what happens to, to human beings if we can, you know, boost our intelligence or whether if we can do a bunch of stuff to ourselves. Um, that is the whole can of worms that's, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, gets open. But yeah, um, I'll let's say, yeah, like the, 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 a lot of the fundamental assumptions that we have about, human nature could themselves change if we go down the path of using technology to modify ourselves. Mm -hmm. I, I will remain agnostic as to whether that's a good or bad thing, but uh, it, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a possibility, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You have some other ones on here, uh, social disorder from rapid change. Uh, you have destabilized military dynamics. Tell us about, tell us about social disorder from rapid change. What's that impact all about? 
Yeah, well, that, that's, I mean, we're already seeing that right now, which is just the, the uh, well, I mean, a, a moderate form of that is, is the recent uh, strike by the, the um, Actors Guilds um, and yes, uh, yeah. Industries, uh, and uh, by the way, the Longshoremen in Vancouver Port. Um, there is already some, like, pushback, like, things are going, um, like, there's a lot of, like, stress and anxiety around the amount of change and how fast it's happening, and mm-hmm. um, that's, uh, I mean, that could boil over into general public unrest, um, or um, get translated into voting for candidates that are more populist, or, um, you know, voting certain policies or other policies um, based off a um, conscious or unconscious um, mm-hmm. um, um uh, disorientation from from uh, from speed of change. So it, it's yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to uh, run a country and to live your life if everything's changing so fast. I'm someone who I think I think I embrace change. I think I'm pretty good with it. But like when I see these timelines or what we're talking about here, I, I don't know. I feel like I might be a little bit more conservative than I I might uh, I might have thought because uh, if things are moving this fast, I I'm probably not going to feel so great about what things are looking like, right? Like I, I, I can, I can understand why there would be social disorder is what I'm saying. Well, and, and, and it also ties into like the whole, uh, risk side of things. I mean, if, um, like even if you are like pro building AGI in the long run mm-hmm. and, and I mean, to get it right, there's a whole bunch of work that needs to be done in terms of like consulting the public, you know, understanding what kind of future we want to build and then mm-hmm. uh, getting that kind of hopefully global consensus and then handing that over to the developers so they can develop, they can yeah. design that into the systems. Um, and also like just the time needed to, to like do the global collaboration piece. Like there's a, mm-hmm. um, um, yeah, I mean, if it goes fast, we are in much worse shape in terms of safety and in terms of, um, uh, yeah, being able to ensure we have futures that we want. Um, mm-hmm. And I, the, the whole, you know, pause letter that came out in, in I guess it was in March, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, people can, by all means, you know, criticize the fact that, you know, it wasn't practical and you know, how to get the world to, to actually pause on this stuff. But yeah. the idea of like, hold on a sec, we don't actually need AGI right away. <laughs> like maybe let's, you know, <laughs> maybe let's you know, chill out here and think this through. Um, I think that is a very legitimate, you know, point. Um, and actually, I was, I was mm-hmm. one of the signatories of that letter for that reason, like, you know, uh, mm. uh, it's, it's um, you know, when you think of like, you know, climate change, we've had like, you know, 50 years knowing about it and we're just now kind of getting our act together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on this stuff, you know, given the amount of global collaboration needed, given how disruptive it will be to people's lives um, and how much still needs to be figured out just on the basics of like, how do you design safe AI systems? Yeah. How do you, you know, um, you know, design into these systems, it's the values that we want. Like it, it's, uh, all of this stuff is uh, like a Hail Mary right now. So, but of course, if you're actually going to stop uh, or pause AI, um, that is also a hail mary because how do you get mm-hmm. every country in the how world? How do you validate, you know, verify uh, that, just, right? You know, and and then enforce to make sure that if, if there is yeah. a, like a rogue uh, group in some country somewhere, um, that's the the there's a political will and uh, technical ability to stop those people from mm-hmm. building the system. You know, um, and and so yeah, going going to the uh, the second piece, which is the geopolitical side, mm-hmm. uh, like one of the things that keeps me out tonight is, is thinking like uh, at what point does AI infiltrates, like, I mean, it's already a big piece in the Ukraine war, for example, but mm-hmm. um, if we get a huge jump in capabilities and it becomes a decisive military advantage, um, how does that play out, you know, and, and uh, who deploys yeah. it first? And is everybody in a rush to deploy it first so, so safety standards drop? Yep. Um, you know, there is a, you know, Putin famously said in 2017, um, whoever cracks AI will rule the world. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I mean, he's essentially right. If you're if you're the first mm-hmm. nation to build a, a superhuman AI system that can design the best strategies, react to your opponents far faster than they can think, mm-hmm. um, you know, be, basically, you know, it'd be like playing Go against AlphaGo, trying to beat sure. a nation that has a yeah. superhuman AI. Yeah. Um, and so there is a like a, just a huge like existential you know race to be sure. not left behind in this stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah. W- w- and then then of course they combine you know those systems with nuclear weapons with you know <laughs> like other you know. Yeah. Um, and and if the system there again is is because they're building built so fast because we don't understand uh, how to align systems properly, um, like these systems could fail and they already have failed in lots of ways. Like yeah. currently they're hallucinating a lot of you know false facts and and doing a yeah. bunch of basic stuff that that. We can't. I mean, we can't even control GPT-4 in the sense that we can't stop it from hallucinating. Um, mm-hmm. And um, so, like, yeah, when when you get to much more capable systems that can think, that can plan ahead, that have memory, that have the ability to commandeer resources, the ability to, you know, social engineer, you know, trick people into doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that is a, um, yeah, it, it is a big, big technical problem, and we are, we need all the time we can get to figure it out. Basically, yeah. And, and we're having even mod- trouble monitoring other governments for, you know, for example, the United States and Russia, they, I think they canceled their START treaty. Like they don't even, I think they don't, they're not even monitoring each other's nuclear weapon developments and all that. Whereas there was a long binding agreement that they would do so like on something like yeah. that, we can't even agree. Like, I don't know. I, I know I feel, I feel like I'm sounding super pessimistic right now, but it just, it, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's hard for me to see how, everyone kind of comes together on this. Like it really will require a, a concerted global effort, right? If we were to get yeah. to a scenario where we can all see the true benefits of this. Otherwise, all these impacts that you're talking about, wealth disparity or the destabilization mm-hmm. in military systems or social disorder, like these things are going to come to life. Like, I don't know, but yeah. you're right. Like the pause piece, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, so yeah. pause from yeah. a big tech standpoint. Again, we all have to agree on that. But if you're if Putin is saying like the race like in 2017, whoever gets to AGI is gonna kind of rule the world. Like, what's gonna stop him, right? Like, you know, yeah. like I don't know. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, I, the only thing that might stop him is uh, the instinct for survival, um, and that is mm. the base common denominator for every nation, mm. every person. Sure. I mean, unless I guess maybe like a hardcore environmentalist who wanted to destroy human race might want to use yeah. AGI against us. Yeah. But <laughs> other than those kind of like really yeah. really far fetched scenarios. Yeah. Um, every no country wants to be an ally. You know, everybody wants to, you know, uh, live on and, and have their name in history and that kind of stuff. So I, I think uh, yeah. like Putin and, and Xi are not going to be in a rush to. Well, they might, they might be. They'll definitely be in a rush to to not be behind the other U.S. on AI, um, but they will be. Um, I mean, they are rational actors. Uh, they will be equally. They don't. They also really don't want to lose control of, of their power. So mm-hmm. um, it's. Um, I mean, it's, it's there again. It's the global governance piece is a hail mary. Um, uh, it mm. is. It will require unprecedented collaboration um, and um, open questions on how likely that is we succeed. Mm. Um, but uh, it's not impossible. Um, and and I think it's kind of like the philosophy that uh, that I ended up with. I mean, partly with climate change as well is. Um, I mean, you just roll up your sleeves and you do what you can, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's. Uh, um, uh, I, I still maybe I'm an optimist, but I still have uh, uh, enough faith in humanity that uh, we're 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 good at reacting to crises. So yeah, um, yeah. This is why you're in the job that you're in, why, exactly. Right? Yeah. Like we don't yeah. want a pessimist yeah. as as yeah. part of the executive director of AI governance and safety. Uh, yeah. If if uh, you were talking to somebody who's entering university or college, right? Like, and you know, and and you're obviously aware of like where the trends are heading. 
how would you how would you advise them on sort of how to move forward with their with their future? Well, I mean, there's this the short to medium term, which is like before you reach AGI, in which ca- case we're still very much in the old paradigm of new jobs getting created as old ones are replaced. Mm. It'll be, I mean, the, the treadmill of retraining will be more and more intense as you know jobs shifting faster and faster. But um, for as long as the current paradigm holds, yeah, learn learn how to learn, like learn to be flexible, learn to you know. Um, the the traditional you know uh, university degree is having a hard time keeping up because often by the time mm-hmm. you graduate what you learned is already out of date especially mm-hmm. in the technical areas yeah. um, so yeah so yeah being uh, getting really good at being flexible learning how to learn and also just thinking ahead for your own sake as to like what uh, you know what kind of a future do you want um, on the assumption that most of your career probably won't be paid if you have a career at all. Um, yeah. And how do you, uh, yeah, um, like basically, yeah, uh, the best thing you can do is just be educated, engaged, and, and be part of the conversations that, that shape our future. And what about academic academic institutions? How should they approach moving forward, knowing, you know, some of these that were getting to AGI levels? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, we all have to make peace with our uh, relative ineptitude relative to, you know, um, future AI systems. I, I do think I've been, you know, um, very bullish on AGI capabilities, and I still am. Mm-hmm. But like, until you actually have reliably demonstrated, you know, systems that can that can, you know, do the work better than human being, um, there's this really tricky interim period where we're currently in, which is it can look really smart, it can do some things better than humans, but then it'll fail in really dumb ways. Uh, and we're seeing this with autonomous vehicles. We're seeing this, you know, with, with LLMs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, uh, uh, keep your wits about you. I mean, there's a I I, I would uh, uh, don't dismantle universities just yet. Uh, there's still a lot of um, uh, uh, human brain power is needed, especially the critical thinking and and um, uh, to to make sense of all the you know amount of changes coming at us. Um, yeah, we have a long way to to uh, a, a lot of work ahead of us. You know, before we get replaced by AI. Yeah. So yeah, uh, why is there anything that kind of keeps you up at night? What do you think about this? Um, yeah, mainly, well, so the, the one, the scale of the risk. So literally, if you have, a, you know, the, the, the uh, misalignment scenarios and, and the, the weaponization scenarios of AI, mm. um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, 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 you know, worst case scenario, we're all dead in two years, right? You know, that's like, you know, the, <laughs> it, does, it takes a while to try and make peace of that level of risk. And then like, okay. Yeah. Um, and and the, the other thing, I guess, yeah, the, the two tied things are one is the scale of risk and then there's the, the speed of the things happening. Like if we had twenty years, we could, you know, it'd be a lot easier to sleep. Um, but given that we don't know, I mean, maybe it will be twenty yeah. years. Maybe you know, I'll be sitting in a hopefully in a podcast like this. You know, uh, mm-hmm. twenty years from now, we'll be laughing about how silly we were to yeah. think that we'd have yeah. the human level AI that early. Uh, and and uh, you know, hope and pray for that scenario. Um, but yeah, we could. I mean, uh, there's this huge uncertainty. We don't know. Like of, of late, many of the models have not been released to the public because they're capable, and there's a lot of you know um, trying to people trying to protect each other's leads. Um, so it could be that AI systems are already way further ahead than we think they are. That we're much closer to AGI, and that mm-hmm. you know a couple of major breakthroughs in six months from now, we're you know um, uh, we're at AGI. Now it's not because you build it that you know the world ends in a you know like seconds, um, but yeah. it does mean that suddenly you're in a like the 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 storm has arrived and it's like all hands on deck try to you know yeah um avoid the worst that comes and harness it for for good 
uh, yeah, so I guess it's the, the, the hardest piece is just the uncertainty around the timelines of human levels mm -hmm. of AI. Uh, and, uh, but I think as a responsible nation, uh, you know, you know, species, uh, you know, you have to be ready for the worst case scenario. Um, and that means we have to be ready like really, really soon. So, yeah. Yeah. I think where my, my mind is kind of stuck right now is like, we're, we're all coming off this really disruptive pandemic. Right. And, and everyone, there's so much change happening from that. There's this huge affordability crisis. Like people are just having a hard time just with pocketbook issues. I mean, there's always pocketbook issues, right? Like that's never going to change, but, yeah. um, really disruptive event, uh, people are hearing, you know, about climate change all the time and, and that's going to affect so many people. It's like, okay, to think about something that's going to completely disrupt us, it's it's just hard to kind of fathom right now. Like I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around that, you know, like it's like, oh my goodness, how am I even supposed to plan for this? <laughs> right. And I know you said like, yeah. it's not like it, it's going to take some time and there's going to be, there's going to be kinks to be that need to work out. But even if it's 2040, like that's that's still not that far away. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it's, it, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's not fair, right. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. You should be given right? time to deal with one crisis at a time. Yes, you know? yes. And instead it's all just, you know, there's the, the new term, like the poly crisis where you have like all the crisis happening mm -hmm. at once. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, I mean, we're, we're headed into a wild ride where you have a bunch of like, yeah, mm -hmm. simultaneous crises. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I think this is, this is like also why I wrote my book, which is to figure out, okay, so, if you have limited bandwidth, like what are the things you absolutely have to get right? Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm obviously biased, but I, I have very strong reasons to believe that, you know, if you can get AI right, um, you can mm -hmm. harness it to solve a lot of the other issues, um, mm -hmm. like pandemic preparedness and, and even a lot of the climate change issues. Um, but if you get AI wrong, then you know it's, it's, um, it's, it's the other issues won't help you. <laughs> basically. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so I did. Yeah, I, um, uh, I guess the, the 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 plea is to to. As, as much as everything else is disrupting your life and it's hard enough to just put food on the table today, um, find those five, 10 minutes in the day or whatever it is, you know, in the, in the week to, to educate yourself, figure out what's coming because, um, you know, um, it is going to define your future far more than whatever else you're working on today. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I want to hear uh, more about your book, but before we uh, get into that, I just, uh, I had uh, Dr. Nita Farani on the podcast and she just wrote uh, a book about just like how, uh, you know, there's more and more insights into from uh, insights into what we're thinking and what's happening in the brain. You know, there's simple consumer, consumer wearable technologies that people can wear. And with the power of AI, we can maybe get to a point where we can actually decode people's thoughts. And so she talks about how the right to cognitive liberty, right? Like we need to, we share so much of our privacy, but do we really want to share what's up here, right? Like we need to all be on the same page on that. And that makes a lot of sense, but it's like, like that AI kind of enables that. And, and, and she was talking about how there are governments out there that are trying to figure out how to weaponize that, right? Like how to actually change people's thoughts. Um, she was talking about the, uh, I think it was called the Havana syndrome or something like that, that in Cuba, uh, that there were these U S diplomats that would be going there. And, uh, there's something they were either weren't feeling well after leaving there or something. And, and people think that there was some sort of targeted, uh, thing on people's brains. I don't know. Anyways, it's just, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's just a small example and that's probably more of a machine learning example, not even AGI, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely it, scary it, stuff. It's, well, so the, the, 
like the, the 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 bigger picture is advanced intelligence and whether it be through like human enhancement or whether it be through ai it's i mean it's basically kind of agnostic but the interesting intersection is where the human brain meets the ai system um and this is what you know elon musk is working on with Neuralink and mm. like the the um yeah like that so that like the the whole neuro rights movement which is well uh, is still relatively small and new but mm-hmm. they're yeah like the 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 right to brain privacy, uh, the right mm-hmm. to not have your thoughts read and to not yeah. have your thoughts written. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's like you know um, pretty disorienting stuff uh, and uh, also really scary. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's yeah it's it's uh, yeah I would say like if 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 I wasn't working on AI, I'd be working on yeah neurotechnology uh, mm-hmm. or uh, or neuroscience uh, yeah, and and um, uh, biotechnology because I think those are the mm-hmm. the other equally uh, um, big issues. Yeah. Yeah. Tell folks about your book. What's this book about? You said you wrote a book. So yes, this is a yes, it's it's, it's a uh, short book uh, that uh, took me four years to write. I was basically trying to answer for myself, like so, like in, in three parts, like what are the big trends? You know, how do we make sense of it? And then mm-hmm. given that, what is what does a path forward look like? You know, what what mm-hmm. what does you know a positive future look like? And it was uh, yeah, so so the the of the major trends like the I think I talked about so far, like the um, AGI being number one, but um, human enhancement, you know, a big second. Other global catastrophic risks, like, you know, climate change, pandemics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the g- other general technological revolution going around, like the non-AI tech, um, there's a ton of stuff happening in nanotech. And, and, and um, I mean, blockchain is, is less uh, hyped right now, but there's still a lot of potential there. Um, and uh, yeah, the, anyways, the, uh, plus the environmental trends, plus, you mm-hmm. know, other like rise mm-hmm. of China and that kind of stuff. Um, and then, um, so yeah, so came to the conclusion that AGI was the biggest piece. So the second thing, question then, okay, so, so what do you do about it? Like, do you say no, you know, do you try to, you know, uh, um, stop technology where it's at and say, no, we have good lives as it is, you know, we're, we're, yeah. we're good. And if so, if you say no, like, wh- what does that look like? How, you know, what are the implications of that? How do you even do it? Is it sustainable in the long run? Mm-hmm. And then looking at, uh, like one of the things that I was really grasping for was, like the the political narratives we have right now are you know came from the industrial revolution so either you're like the sort of the socialists or the, or the conservative mm-hmm. or the you know you have the like the and it's all based on the assumption of you know the human worker it's based on the assumption of the human brain being the dominant force mm-hmm. and and a lot of these you know like really basic assumptions that, <laughs> that are, you know and so the arc of all these various political narratives is is um this is the wrong and we should do this therefore um, but there were no political narratives to deal with AGI or to, or to deal with you know um, neurotech or biotech, um, and so the basically did a lot of research into like what are the forthcoming political narratives. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple fringe ones like uh, transhumanism and and singularitarianism, but I didn't like either of them because they were very much focused on the technology aspect. So for some context, transhumanists think that the the answer to everything is just to boost uh, the human body and brain. Uh, that you know oh, okay. we're not the end of evolution, therefore we should just you know. Um, okay. And uh, that does, I mean, to be to be fair, that by boosting human abilities and you know uh, addressing or, or like biologically eliminating many of our flaws, you mm-hmm. can do you know, we can solve a lot of problems. Like for example, climate change. Part of the reason mm-hmm. we're not dealing with it is because we're just not hardwired to care about it. Mm-hmm. You could rewire the human brain so that we mm-hmm. suddenly care as much about climate change as we do about a spider walking towards mm-hmm. us. You, know, like, you, you can activate the brain, mm-hmm. but you know. Yeah. Um, so, 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 I mean, there's a there's a case for transhumanism in, in, in the, from the practical sense of like, um, how do you go about building the better world? But the problem with with them is that they, for them, like the good unto itself, you know, the the is just to be even smarter and even more, you know, senses and abilities and just keep, you know, boosting yourself. But mm-hmm. there's like 
there's a sense of like, you know, people lived good lives, you know, thousands of years ago without, you know, even the current enhancements that we have today, like, you know, technology and, and, and others. Yeah. Um, there's no like, um, it's not a moral good unto itself that you'd be a smarter person or that you'd be more capable. Mm -hmm. sure. um, it's just, uh, yeah. Um, so that, that, that was the limitation with that. And the other piece is the whole singularity movement, which um, basically it's uh, the singularity is this narrative that we're reaching this point in history where um, everything uh, dramatically changes. And I mean, some people define the singularity as AGI, like when you build a system that's smarter than you and then it's, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's um, um, but there again, they're very much focused on, you know, we should just build this thing. No moral framework behind it as to what is like, how do you decide that? Uh, that, that you know why 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 should you, why build an AI system instead of you know pursuing human life like there's no like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so 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 um, that's another reason so so and and um, yeah so then I ended up basically the 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 moral framework that I ended up falling back on was the basic one that that evolution gave us which is you know we you know we are living beings you know, we we pursue life you know <laughs> we are in the business of existence mm -hmm. you know and I think um, the the uh, like all of the values we have uh, guide us towards the, you know, more uh, um, um, both towards survival and towards the ability to better survive in the future. Um, and I think, yeah, the, the like the sort of like the narrative I ended up finding was one of like life stewardship. There's a sense of like, you know, our, our the goal is not, you know, the perpetuation of a specific person or a specific species even, but the overall arc of, you know, uh, life as we know it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if, if uh, our entire frame framework came from that, that's your best bet in terms of like putting a, a stake in the in a moral framework and say, okay, uh, most important, you know, is you know uh, is survival and everything of, of life as a whole. Yeah. Um, and um, at a very practical level, even if you don't buy into that philosophy, you know, there's the 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 the, the reality of first you must exist. You know, regardless of whatever you think is right in the world, you know, mm -hmm. to even know that the thing exists, you have to be, you have to live. So, mm -hmm. uh, there's a sense of like the, the lowest common denominator and, and the best, um, collective framework to, to go with was one of, of, um, yeah, let's, 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 you know, we are, we are on team survival right now. You know, we always mm -hmm. kind of have been, you know, and, uh, that's, uh, like the, the pursuit of life is itself the good uh, to pursue. Um, and wouldn't and, that yeah, be so fantastic that, if we, if that was, if that was the way we went, like that would be, that sounds amazing. Right, like we wouldn't I, have this, this we wouldn't have I'm any divisions. Like everything would be working pretty well. Yeah. Yes, yes, um, and so yeah, that's that's the the ideal that. Uh, mm. uh, and then yeah, so then the third part of the book is is given that um, uh, um, should we or should we not pursue AGI and that kind of stuff. And I came down on the side of I'm agnostic as to whether it should be AGI systems or enhanced humans, but I do think that if we're serious about survival, if we're serious about ensuring not only our own you know about the welfare of life in the known universe. Um, we're going to need bigger brains. We're already dealing mm -hmm. with a lot of limitations currently where, you know, we, we, we're, we're pretty smart. We're smarter than most than animals, but mm -hmm. given the amount of complexity coming at us, you know, we're talking about dealing with multiple crises at once. Like, um, you know, if you want to deal effectively with multiple crises at once, you need more compute power. <laughs> you, need, you, need, mm -hmm. you need more knowledge, you need more wisdom. There's a sense of like, you know, um, we're, we're dealing with uh, very old hardware um, mm -hmm. and uh, whether we you know, build yeah, systems to fill the gaps or whether we boost ourselves, you know, uh, uh, we're going to need bigger brains, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so, so I, yeah, I came out in favor of pursuing um, technological development in the context of building systems that better help us survive, better help, you know, the sort of uh, uh, flourishing of life. Yeah. Uh, and, um, but uh, very agnostic as, as to what system that should be or how, how it gets built or in what, what timeline, um, whatever is the safest, most reliable, mm -hmm. you know, um, 
guarantor of, of future success. So, are you planning on releasing this book or? Yes, yeah, so it, it was uh, self-published uh, actually a few years ago. It's okay. um, on, on my website uh, for for those yeah. who want to read it. Cool. We'll put a link in the in the comments for sure for for people to yeah. get to. In your in your white paper, just to kind of uh, get to the end here, uh, you have a couple of uh, key actions that you want uh, the government to consider. So one, you feel like there should be a central AI agency for for the government of Canada, and then you want uh, um, you said based within the Privy Council office. So that's interesting. You feel like there should be some money thrown at this because maybe for a capacity building. Is that the idea there? Or? Yeah. So, well, so right now we don't have uh, safety solutions to make sure these systems are, are don't fail, uh, and mm. we don't have uh, really good policy options. So we need basically a, a ton of research to catch up with the speed of the technology, so that we have, mm. um, yeah, um, better options to, to to keep the system safe and to um, uh, know how to manage society and navigate this transition. Yeah. yeah. Five hundred million dollars though is what you're what you're thinking. Well, I mean there's like hundreds of billions of dollars going into boosting AI capabilities, so Fair. Um, like yeah. five hundred million is pretty <laughs> like drop in the bucket compared to yeah. but because it is it's it's a like it's a public good, right? You know, the yeah. companies aren't financially incentivized to research AI safety all that much, um, or AI governance. They they're you know, they're incentivized to build the system that can do stuff. So uh, the governments have to fill in the gap of this lack of key uh, um, abilities and, and, and knowledge. Yeah, the third one you said champion and find global AI governance efforts. So uh, one example is you talked about that UK summit. You're hoping for some uh, high leadership, like the prime minister, to be able to go to that. Any any word on whether that might be happening? You kind of said that Canada has maybe, you know, fallen off a little bit. So we, we're definitely no longer at the cutting edge of the discussions. Um, to be fair, we're not that far behind. But like mm. the good news, well, the good news is that I've, I've read in a newspaper article uh, that was quoted a source saying Justin Trudeau and um, Emmanuel Macron from France and and Ursula uh, von der Leyen from the EU will be at mm. the AI safety summit, and there will also be a Chinese delegation and I think a few mm. other countries. So I think yeah, the, the we're, my hope is that that report is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but yes, certainly like what the world really needs at a global level for global AI governance is for a, a, as many ch- chances as possible to step mm-hmm. forward and say, okay, what are the kinds of institutions we need to govern this stuff? Is it like a, an international atomic energy agency? Is right. it like an IPCC? Is it, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and, and how do we agree to, you know, uh, build these systems? What do, we ha- what do we agree on are the acceptable uses? And basically, how do we avoid the arms race, you know, scenario that helps nobody? So, you need voices like that to be in the room, and I think that's a voice that Canada can, be, can and should be playing. Because uh, I think we're not, we don't have the large AI labs that are building the cutting edge frontier models. Mm-hmm. So we're probably not going to build AGI first in Canada, um, but we can definitely be the adults in the room at the global level, push the conversation forward, you know, accelerate the um, governance response uh, as much as possible, and increase the quality of the debate on, on the world stage. So I think there's there's a, a big role for Canada internationally there. Are those the things that you hope to come out of this summit, or is there, if you had your ideal sort of checklist, like what does that look like coming out of the summit? Well, the ideal checklist is a united front for strong action on AI and mm. a clear plan for how to deal with it. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I, I, to be fair to them, like even the cutting edge researchers on AI governance haven't figured out what are the best policy mechanisms. Like sure. literally, these papers are coming out like over the last few weeks and last months, and they're still like it's still very new. So mm. I don't expect you know 
you know, world leaders to be like, you know, ahead yeah. of the yeah. best research. But yeah, the closest, the, as close as they can be to that, the better and, and the more aware they are. And I think uh, so Rishi Sunak's government in, in the UK has mm-hmm. been very active and, and, and uh, uh, forward thinking on this stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, apparently he told like the UK public service, you know, do whatever it takes to deal with AI. Um, okay. So that there's there, there's some good signs like some some um, governments are getting it. Uh, Canada has done, to be fair, a, a number of you know a better than average moves. Let's say like in terms of you know the Bill C twenty seven has many flaws, but at least there is a bill. They're mm-hmm. thinking about it. They did release a voluntary code. They are you know there there is a good intention, goodwill, even if it's lost to be criticized still. But yeah, uh, we just uh, we're no longer the ones pushing the conversation forward. That's that's UK and US right now. Yeah. Whereas uh, in 2017, with our pancake strategy, we were among we were at the forefront at that time. So, mm. Mm. Uh, before we wrap up here, what do you think? What do you want the takeaways for folks to to be to take away when they listen to this this episode? Mainly to yeah, don't give up hope. <laughs> there, there's a, <laughs> a potentially very good future uh, waiting for us if we can get it right. Uh, mm. Definitely learn as much as you can, think critically, get a bunch of different perspectives on this. In your own life, think through like what what would you want your life to be if you know if we lived in a world where there was abundance and no careers and you know what what, what would you like think for yourself what would you want your life to look mm-hmm. like and then mm-hmm. help bring that perspective to the broader conversations publicly around like how do we build these society the way we want yeah uh, and um, yeah and also in the meantime like you know uh, brace yourself for a ton of change uh, but yeah mm-hmm. just just be part of the conversation you know you're, you're uh, you know, AI is not a citizen. You are, so you can <laughs> um, be. Uh, yeah, uh, the more people hear your voice, the more likely you'll you have a future that you want. Yeah, yeah, very good. I got two questions uh, that we ask every guest. If you're okay with moving to those, yeah. So our, uh, there's our five for dinner question: dead or alive? Who are five people you'd want to have supper with? Sure. So I'm I'm a uh, bit of a history nerd. So I, mm-hmm. I chose five dead people. Um, okay. <laughs> but uh, Nelson Mandela, number one, yeah. uh, definitely. Um, Abraham Lincoln is number two. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it's not really officially ranked. It's just yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Um, Mahatma Gandhi, mm-hmm. um, Malcolm X, um, mm-hmm. and uh, Wilfred Laurier. The these are the greats. You got the the greats of the greats there. They're very Absolutely, interesting. Yes. Yeah. 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 Why why Laurier at the end there? Well, uh, to me, he's the the greatest Canadian in the sense of he had the, the biggest uh, in terms of what he did and, and and his impact on the country. He's also just a, a class act in terms of the way he behaved and and mm-hmm. uh, as a as a former political candidate and somebody who still loves politics quite a bit. He was like a, a an ideal to live up to in my mind. So mm. yeah. yeah, I don't think many people give uh, Laurie as much credit as he probably deserves. Like he doesn't come up as much, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's I mean it's. Uh, Time goes by and it's uh, hard mm-hmm. to, to, yeah. But I do think, yeah, like, um, I mean, to be fair, McDonald re- re- deserved quite a bit of credit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's a fantastic list. No one can no one can argue against that one. Would you have them all together or do you think uh, one-on-ones? Um, I would be very curious to see them all together, to be honest with you. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure how well they would all gel. But, yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah, definitely one on ones, and and uh, yeah, for 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 just some giggles uh, all yeah. together. Yeah, awesome. Uh, last question: Besides the circle of life, what do you know for sure? Um, the well, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because I was about to say like the before you added the caveat besides the circle of life. That was mm-hmm. the thing I was going to go with. Um, 
certainly like the the limitation of the human mind compared to the complexity of the world like we have this you know tiny mass of cells uh trying to model the complexity of the the entire universe basically mm. um and so yeah the 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 uh it's not a lost battle you can you can have very efficient you know simplifications of the world that are you know but uh definitely the the the, the limitations of the mind um but also uh resilience of the human spirit uh, i think uh, we are I mean, we've been field tested on survival for, you know, billions of years. If we go back to the first, you know, living mm-hmm. for life forms, so uh, we are. Um, I, I think uh, don't count out uh, Homo sapiens or, or life anytime soon. So <laughs> that's wonderful. Uh, talking about the um, the capabilities of the human mind, I have a uh, almost a six year old, and I was she was asking me questions like, "How big is the Earth compared to the Sun?" And so there's there's these interesting YouTube videos that kind of show like the ranking of sizes of the planets and the suns and, and, and the stars or whatever. And uh, her mind was just, she couldn't understand. She couldn't comprehend it. Like it was just watch, watching her <laughs> kind of put it together. Like when she saw how small the earth was compared to the sun and then the galaxy. And it's it just like, she doesn't understand that. So it was just, yeah. uh, we do have limitations for sure. Uh, Wyatt, really appreciate your time. This is a fantastic conversation. My head hurts. I'm not going to lie. Like there's, <laughs> there's, there's a, there was a lot here. Uh, I don't know how people are feeling as well as they listen to this episode, but yeah, just really appreciate, uh, the work that you're doing. It's a incredibly important topic and we need people to champion this work. And so thank you for, for raising and, and, and being an advocate for this and, and starting the national conversation so so important. I I don't know how you have time to think about these other global trends when you're thinking about one of the most critical things when it uh, critical you know challenges that we have with with this topic in AI safety. So thanks so much for all the work that you do and making time for me today. Appreciate it. Well, cheers. Thanks so much. I really appreciate the conversation. Awesome. Thanks everyone for joining us today. Like, subscribe, do all those wonderful things, and I'll see you next time. Take care. Bye.